Alrighty, welcome to episode two of After Credits. I'm your host, Craig Allison, and this week we'll be breaking down the recent 2021 Grammys. And today with me, I have my co-host, Kagan Hughes, Hello. coming on the show. We'll be going back and forth on a number of topics, breaking down all sorts of TikTok, performance breakdowns, albums, all sorts of stuff. And it's got some pretty heated debates coming up, so just you sit tight. All right, so just breaking in, very first thing you see right off on the screen, Trevor Noah coming into the Grammys. Like, how did you feel about that intro he did? I really liked it. I thought he did a good job with the producer, Ben Winston, about showing the space that they were working with. You know, it wasn't the auditorium that they're usually in. And so by them starting where all the stars were at the beginning, then showing where the performers were going to perform, I thought it was a really smart. And his monologue was great too. Oh yeah, I mean, for me, like I was obsessed with some of the jokes he kind of just went over, like um, through not only in his intro, but throughout the performance. Like there was one he made when he was doing, he went on the bed of Cardi B's performance. And he's like, I knew it, my dream to be in bed with <laughs> Cardi B has finally come to fruition. And then there was another one that really struck me where he's like, all right, the best new artist category. It's been won by people such as the Beatles, but hasn't been won by people like Elton John. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I actually did like how he added that as well because it does show the differences that the Grammys that how um, not winning one can really not, it doesn't alter a person's career as much as like people think it does. So I thought that was clever that he like put there, put that in there. Oh yeah. And now, a uh, typical thing I like to do, and I'm gonna try and make this more of a tradition for after credits, is ranking. And I know last episode ranked episodes of a TV series. This time, I'm thinking album of the year. It's a very contested sort of um, nomination category. It's always caused controversy, applause, congratulations, all sorts of stuff. And we have eight albums, all very unique from each other. And so we'll just, First, rank ours out, and then we'll go in depth. So for me, starting from eight, going up to the one spot, I put in last place, Everyday Life by Coldplay, then Folklore by Taylor Swift, De Jesse Volume 3 by Jacob Collier, Jenny Aiko, Chalumbo, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone, in the third spot, Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, number two, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, and my personal favorite, Black Pumas, Black Pumas. Really hit with me. What about you, Kagan? Um, my number one is definitely Folklore by Taylor Swift. Number two is Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Number three is the Janae Aiko Chalumbo. Um, number four is Woman in Music by Hyam. Five is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Six is the Black Pumas by Black Pumas. Um, seven is the Everyday Life by Coldplay, and eight is the Jacob Collier album, the Volume Three one. Alrighty, so let's just like break these albums down. There's like so many different sort of concepts, and like for me personally, and just as like a disclaimer, like I'm nowhere near as talented as any of these artists, whether I like them, don't like them or not. But I, I personally could not understand folklore and the hype behind it, and I made sure to listen through the whole thing twice. I believe I liked the song Raindrops Dropping oh, Off. Oh, My Tears Ricochet. My Tears Ricochet and I believe it was Beth. Those were two songs. Betty, song, Betty mm -hmm. that's the one. Those were two songs that I like 
liked and I thought were decent, but the rest of the album, I was just curious because it felt, you know, obviously, like the title says, very folksy, very out, outdoorsy type of aesthetic. But I was curious past it being a Taylor Swift album, what made it eventually win the category of album of the year from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, but I'm not gonna lie, she's had some like misses in the past, so I'm not gonna just always hop on for everything that she loves. Um, her past couple singles before this were really bad, so I'm not gonna say that like, I'll always like be in love with everything she does. Um, folklore is definitely a different sound that she's done in the past, but she wrote this in three months, which is, you have to say, is impressive compared to like, you know, and then there's only besides herself two other writers and then a couple songs she wrote with her boyfriend. Um, I think the reason why this album won was because it defined the pandemic. Um, everything was done in social distance. They never met up till they performed at the Long Pond Studios. So writing over Zoom, um, everything over Zoom, producing over Zoom and then never meeting up and then coming up with this great piece of work, you know, and going into this like different world where it, like it, she didn't write about herself really a lot you know the love triangle went through betty cardigan in august like her writing non-autobiographical anymore i think was just it really explained the pandemic to me because it was just such a wonderless type of album and i thought that's why it won now one thing that we like find very similar is our rankings of dua lipa now that album i literally feel more attractive just listening to it let alone which is a huge plus for me but like breaking that down you mentioned how folklore defined the pandemic and you we talked earlier about this you said something very interesting about what future nostalgia was supposed to set in for like the decade actually could you elaborate on that yeah i think if the pandemic didn't happen future nostalgia could have been the album of the year it was it's a touring album we're in a new decade it's all dance pops like they're bops in the album and if it wasn't for the pandemic this would have been a great touring album this would have been a great album that you would want to party to and i think um because of the pandemic it just it fell because she wasn't able to properly promote it or she wasn't able to go on talk shows so i thought that it was really interesting because it's it's a great album but because everyone was inside and like she it didn't get to live up to its full um potential in my honest opinion interesting now, obviously, like going down this list, I um, just to, you know, what we've gotten past our like topics and stuff like that. I was honestly um, really intrigued by Haim, all female group, all sisters, all have this very sort of California coasting vibe sort of song. I can imagine like a daytime beach sort of vibe. And then like moving down the list, like for me, just to, hit some quick pointers on this like post malone definitely like a collection of songs that became super um relevant for like tiktok mm -hmm. and like radio plays chalumbo very underrated album honestly it, it's relax in my opinion it's such a relaxing album right. um i i just closed my eyes when i listened to it it was kind of like meditating for me and that's why it was so high up on my list it's just crazy the way that they also like put in R&B rap song, like rap artists going into that album and just the emphasis of production value. You felt like you were in the studio space when you listened to that. Mm -hmm. But going on production side, lower on my list, absolutely outlandish though, was um, Digesse Volume 3. I thought this thing was like going to Las Vegas 
and getting like a, the coin slots with all the things oh in the background gosh. yeah i agree it when i was listening to it and i also listened to it with my roommates the first thing that we had to say about it was like it it made our heart race so we felt like anxiety because mm. he would it, like be all this noise and then he would start like t rapping really really fast and so i that's the reason why i just ended up i just could not get through the album fully mm. without taking big breaks because it was just it was just too much for me, it was more just like, just like a, like a, like that moment in Ratatouille when, when Remy <laughs> combines the cheese with like the strawberry and it's just like all this flavor hitting you all at once, all this production value. And so it was almost overwhelming, but yeah. in like a very good way, just See, I'm opposite. Wise. I just thought it was, it was just too overwhelming mm, for me. Okay. So I think there's, there can be like a, a perfect mixture. And mm -hmm. I think just at certain points, it just needed to be dialed back maybe with mm -hmm. the way that he was rapping and talking so fast and then all the production it was just so hard for i guess my mind to just mm -hmm. comprehend everything weirdest entry i would say everyday life by coldplay now coldplay amazing group mm -hmm. you got x and y you've got like vita la viva v <laughs> viva la vida um it literally like their their work has been amazing conceptually this album though was it felt like a collection of singles that tried to do all these different genres. You had a song that was trying to be like soulful, then there was one that was gospel, and then there was one that was like just production. There was an orchestra one, a pop one. It felt like these are all individually good songs, but I, it, like, how is it cohesive? I, I didn't understand what they were going for in this. Yeah, no, I agree on that. Um, maybe they were just trying to take a step from, you know, being normal Coldplay and knowing that they're already legacy and their stands in like the music industry they knew that they could take the risk and i guess for them it paid off even though we both didn't like it um to the academy so i don't know there's always some mm -hmm. like i had never heard of jacob collier before and i didn't right. even know till you know the nominations came out that coldplay did release an album so <laughs> exactly yeah you hit it right on the nose but i do think that they did miss some awesome albums this year um fiona apple's fetch the bolt cutters mm. um it was a really innovative album, especially for Fiona Apple. And then um, also, I think Bob Dylan had an album that I remember seeing a lot of good reviews about. So I think there was a couple that they missed. What do you think? Though? Right, yeah, no, going into that, like um, After Hours, I believe, by the weekend. Yeah, of course. Huge, huge thing. Like, I mean, he performed at the Super Bowl. I believe Blinding Lights held the like top billboard charts yeah. for so long and i was honestly it was shocked. a big TikTok trend too oh with gosh, your family yes. and during the quarantine so yeah and i um also like tame impala released another album that was really like well done on the production side and they actually have one song that had been trending on TikTok for quite some time there as well so definitely a lot of albums i was surprised didn't get nominated but i'm also glad for the variety that they included this year. Just Especially because I had never heard of Black Pumas and um, right. this is their only album, I'm pretty sure, and it's a great album. Oh um, yeah, their, their story, like they went over that in the Grammys, like they were like street performers, I believe in San Francisco, and they, they like took themselves through that video breakdown they mm -hmm. had through this journey of getting to the Grammys. I was like so inspired. And then following up, they had that performance that I think a lot of people were really exposed to that group for the yeah, first time in I agree. that Grammy's performance. That my roommate even started looking up their music afterwards, um, and she played Colors for us, mm. even though I had listened to the album. But it was, I mean, like you said, the performance was great. I mean, same with um, Haim. 
their performance was also good um, when it was during the performance. Right, yeah. So getting into those performances, what were your like, what the best performances in your opinion? Yeah, I was really looking forward to the Taylor Swift performance, obviously. I didn't let anyone in the room talk during it. (laughs) Um, But Dua Lipa put on a great, great performance with all her costume changes. Yes, yes. I was really surprised with the baby's performance mm. um, with the choir of like older women behind him. Oh yeah. Um, I thought that was just really interesting, especially for the song that he did. And I also liked little baby's performance as Lil, well. Little baby's performance. I I don't like appeal as much to his flow. Yeah, I'm more I agree. of a dub baby type flow mm-hmm. with the way he like hit on levitating so well. I do think little baby's message a lot more impactful. There was like all sorts of Black Lives Matter yeah, references exactly. and like police brutality stuff and that re- in, like insane production value. Yeah, and, and the woman and the I'm not sure who spoke the woman that spoke during it, but I got goosebumps during it, so that's why mm. I really liked it. You know, I didn't I don't know the song personally, but it really hit home to me, especially during this time. Right, and yeah, so with like a lot of those groups you mentioned were in that like opening sequence, and what really hit it off was just opening up with Harry Styles. Yeah who would like go on to win a Grammy for Watermelon Sugar. And it was, it was interesting, he was shirtless, he was wearing a suit jacket. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Harry Styles needed to open the show. Mm. Um, especially we saw on the news that it was the lowest um, viewer, viewer in I think forever for the Grammys. Mm. But I really think Harry Styles performing in the beginning got a lot of people talking on Twitter for them to end up tuning in. And I mean, with a pop star like Harry Styles and um, a teen heartthrob, you know, a lot of people will be watching for Harry Styles. Oh, he was for sure. he was one of the most him and Taylor Swift were the most talked about artists on social media after the Grammys. So. All right. Now, like going past like the traditional like American like groups that really performed, two groups that were like really well done, and like I, obviously there's like a bit of a language barrier with. Um, was it Bad Bunny mm-hmm. that but I was really like swept up in the production and the way that they've like really enticed you in with this sort of sound that could be really universally liked and then the way the camera pans over and you see this set that yeah. becomes an eye yeah. I was like oh my gosh like what is this this is crazy um yeah especially for Bad Bunny being one of the most um listened to streamed artists I think he really definitely had to come in and show his grammy forms and I thought he did awesome i thought he did a great job yeah and then another group towards the end bts BTS, oh my gosh they did a whole performance where they like went up like a stairwell and then went to the like ceiling and i did not know this and i talked to um who we brought on to after credits last episode nicole garvey Mm -hmm. huge bts fan here on breeze tv and just went in depth on how they actually broke a line in their performance to show that they were performing it live and that it wasn't pre-recorded. Yeah, I do remember them saying something. I think maybe Trevor Noah made sure to make mm -hmm. it a point that it was, because I remember I checked the time, it's a 13-hour time difference, um, at least from in Virginia, from Korea where Mm -hmm. they were. Um, Yeah, every single time BTS performs, they always make it, it's a performance for them. Mm -hmm. If you watch any of their, um, they've probably performed Dynamite probably about 50 times, and each time it's a little bit different. So... I was really hoping that BTS was going to win um, Best Pop Duo right? really, really they, badly, um, but unfortunately were, went to Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Right. Uh, were, they, were they nominated? Yeah, then? they were. Okay. It was the first ever time that I think a Korean um, group was nominated. 
Interesting. I mean, didn't they didn't they win Best New Artist or something no. recently? Must have been a different award. Yeah, it probably was okay. a different award. Um, but yeah, if they won, it would have been the first time that a Korean artist had won. So I was really looking forward to that because they definitely do perform and they have Broke America, which is pretty that, awesome. That's Especially with the language yeah. barrier. So Crazy. Now, we obviously got to talk about Megan Thee Stallion. Literally, like, defining not only 2020, but like Generation Z's new wave of female rappers yeah. coming in. I mean, we had Nicki Minaj and Cardi, Cardi B's B. coming sweeping in, but those those um, leaders in this new era is just bringing in people like Megan Thee Stallion to mm -hmm. really like rope it in. And she did the performance of Savage, winning for the song, and then going up to collect, what was it two Grammys that I'm she pretty won? sure she won three Grammys. Three, yeah. I know she won Best Artist, and then she won the song Savage with Beyonce. Right. Yeah, it was definitely her night, and it's also been her year. Um, she got number one with Beyonce for Savage. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, there's like, you can't really say too much besides it's her year, and the, mm -hmm. she made the Grammys her own show, basically. Yeah, and then there was that um, interesting, like, take towards the end where Billie Eilish, I believe, won, was it uh, Record yeah, of the Year? Yeah, she won Record of the Year. And, um, Two years in a row, she's won Record of the Year. That yeah, I think insane. that's the one thing that we definitely can agree on. Yeah, is that we don't think Billie Eilish should have won well, Record of the Year. So I, I don't think she should have won Record of the Year. I do think her song was awesome. awesome I, I loved and, um, everything I wanted, yeah. but I don't think it should have won Record of the Year. It, I mean, it's a very, it's a she's a very Gen Z artist, yeah. and with that comes a lot. But of the like, Academy is not right. Gen Z. The Academy is mostly right, probably right. millennials to boomers. So it's just really interesting mm -hmm. on how much that they do love Billie Eilish for some mm -hmm. reason. Two years basically kind of in her career. Her only has two albums out and she has seven Grammys. That's insane. Yeah. That's She's, ridiculous. Maybe she'll be the one that beats Beyonce because Beyonce that, being in her career, that, 27, 28 Grammys and Billie Eilish already has seven. It's kind of crazy. That was really crazy how it was like two moments in. They felt like it was almost like a team effort of like Trevor Noah breaking in and being like, oh my gosh, guys, like, Beyonce is just tied for most Grammys yeah, ever won. Yeah, against Alison Krauss. People, people went off on like, oh, she's like the most for like a female artist, black artist. It's like, it's of all time. Yeah. Like that is of all time and still has not yet won album of the year. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, just like Billie Eilish did for um, Meg Thee Stallion about saying that she felt that she didn't deserve that award that Meg did. Um, Adele did that when she won 25. She mm. thought that um, Lemonade by Beyonce should have won in them. Remember, she broke the award in half and then gave the other half to Beyonce. That's right. Yeah, it, it very, just a very interesting category, Best Album. That's why I went back on like emphasizing the rankings. Like my, what really hit it for me was um, previous Grammys when Tyler the Creator's Igor actually got the vinyl right here <laughs> on the set. I'm such a huge fan and I got to see him live right before COVID hit in and amazing. But it was, it's, it's been really interesting the way that they like categorize the albums. Like he went off on R&B, soul, dance, rap, all in this one album. And then it got pushed into like best rap album category. And so it's, it's interesting how the Grammys prioritizes certain artists. And I'm just, I'm, I'm. I mean, the, the Academy know. definitely has favorites, you know, Adele, right. Bruno Mars, Billie Eilish, they definitely have right. their favorites, but it was nice to, even though um, Beyonce has never mm -hmm. won 
album of the year. They, she is definitely probably a favorite, not just by the Academy, but everyone else. Do you, do you think like diversity wise with the range of artists that like came to the uh, Grammys this year, do you think they're moving in a proper direction? Because like there's been so much controversy on race and the way that they've been prioritizing their Grammy wins and nominations. Do you think like this year was like a step in the right direction? I do, especially at the end. I wish they did it earlier in the show, but at the very end they made a statement at the end saying that mm -hmm. they um, are against any racism and stuff like that. I wish they did it earlier because mm -hmm. most people had probably already checked out during that time. Right. Um, it can seem a little bit performative because they've been so bad in the past and then the weekend not getting nominated. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess the only way they can go is up and have better change. You know, her winning I Can't Breathe. Mm, um, yeah. And then Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce breaking records, um, especially because not a female rap artist has maybe one um, artist of the year. Um, or it's, I, been, it's, been, a, it's, been, a, it's right. been a minute. And then yeah. also um, Tiffany Haddish won a Grammy too, and it's been a while since, oh, for like since a, a female album? comedian, a female mm. black comedian has won. So that's huge. I mean, they're making strides. It was definitely a year for the women, mm -hmm. definitely. Of course. Um, but I mean, what else would you want during Women's History Month? Oh, all mm. the women winning. So. Oh yeah, tying it all in perfectly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, now going off from controversy, an interesting place that I wasn't really expecting a lot of controversy to come from was the immemorium. Now, there were so many unfortunate deaths this past year with COVID and just all the artists that just died away of old age in general. But apparently there's, there was a whole um, like online thing about the Eddie Van Halen tribute. And I just checked out an article from Fox News that went on talking about like, oh, Eddie's son, Wolfgang, Wolf went off and yeah. said they didn't honor his father. And um, it was interesting because going into that article, they like talked about going over it with him. And apparently, it, they offered right. him a spot to do it, and he turned it down. And then on top, which of, I think is really interesting. In yeah. It. And then on top of that, like they were like, oh, and quoting his father, like like post mortem, of course, just like, oh, he probably said, I wouldn't give an s like about you know, like whether or not like. I got mentioned or not, but it was, it was really weird because they, they did emphasize him. They had his guitar out mm -hmm. there. They played a little bit of a solo and they had tributes, but it was more just Lionel Richie commending um, his friend, I believe it was Kenny Rogers. And, you know, so it was, it was a lot more personal performances yeah. there. I so. think it went on for a really, really long time, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Definitely, there was a lot more performances than mm -hmm. awards given that night, which I guess was nice. But after a while with the um, in memoriam, <laughs> yeah, in memoriam yeah. performances, they were just it just got too long for mm -hmm. me, especially because I wasn't familiar with a lot of these artists besides you know Van Halen. So right. Um, now going into like what I think was unique about this year's Grammys, aside from just the variety and all that sort of stuff, was the way that they incorporated COVID into their whole structure. They did a special thing for um, struggling businesses, local businesses, and the venues that they presented their um, awards at and announced winners at. Like they hit on the Troubadour, where like they, Trevor Noah mentioned earlier, Elton John played at and all that sort of stuff. And um, it was just a very nice sort of awareness. Yeah, I agree. That I think that took the Grammys up a step to elevate. No, these are actual places that have been suffering because of all these places. I think 
Um, like everyone says, oh, I can't wait for concerts to come back, all this other stuff. But then you forget about the actual venues mm -hmm. that have been struggling from it. And I thought it was nice that they recognized it, especially because, you know, I wouldn't have thought about mm -hmm. that if I was a producer. So they really thought outside the box, especially with that. And then a lot of them, you know, announcing the um, awards for mm -hmm. it. Like, um, I just thought it was really interesting. Alrighty. And I'm going to have to say that'll conclude our uh, second episode of After Credits covering the 2021 Grammys. We'll be back again with a new and timely art concept coming up here in the future. But thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you back again.